Hello and welcome to Dance Talks. I'm your host, Andrea Cody. Today is October 16th, 2020, and my guest is Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood is the founder and artistic director of Fly Dance Company. Kathy, welcome to Dance Talks. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes, me too. <laughs> Where were you born? Orange, Texas, during the war. My daddy was working on ships for the war. Which he war? World War II. The war. He was a welder on the ships, and I was born there. Where's Orange? Uh, near Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm a Texan from birth to death, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Never lived anywhere else but Texas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your first memory dancing? Uh, my sister, no, my mom and dad dancing. Uh, my dad played in a dance band, a la like Bob Wills. And... I remember them out on the floor dancing, and they could really dance well. And uh, that's the first. And we we danced at my house all the time because they practiced the band practice there. And we had a big old upright baby grand piano, and my sister played the piano, so we danced a lot. Awesome, a lot. <laughs> Tell me about your training. Well, I was a baton twirler in high school, and. We did what was innovative, it called dance twirl. We mm-hmm. danced and twirled at the same time. So I started with that. My sister taught me the first twirling routine I ever learned. And then we started taking twirling from a lady named Arnadine Bolton in um, Henderson, and she became director of the Rangerettes which I was also a member of under Gessinelle Davis. But um, I got a lot of my training from Arnadine, and then um, I started teaching at that point. Didn't have much opportunity to perform. Um, first two years in college was it. From that point on, I was teaching. And I wish I could have performed more, because I love to perform. I'm a natural performer. I perform all the time, even at home. So, um, but you know, there just wasn't the opportunity. So you did what you could and just stay in it. And, and I became a teacher. So, and from that point on, I got married and had a baby, and then I decided to go back to school and get my teaching certificate so I could have girls' drill teams, and that's. I started doing that. I did that for 16 years until I got totally burned out because it takes your heart and your soul. You have to give everything. And I retired, and I saw some guys dancing at a Westheimer Arts Festival on the street. And I started talking to them, and I just built a studio in Montrose. And I invited them over to rehearse. And we started collaborating, and I decided to enter them in the Dance Coalition's adjudicated concert. And just, I said, just for experience, Uh because there were 30 groups entered, and I said, we'll never make it, not into modern dance. And not only did we make the concert, but we got the finale position, and that started Fly Dance Company. It wasn't called Fly, it was called Coro which was their street name for their crew. But after um, a while, we had to have a professional name, and I like 
the word fly and it was short. I wanted something kids could spell easily so that they could recognize it right off. And uh, that's how we came up with the name fly. Started from then, and we started with young audiences uh, doing school shows, and the guys thought they'd died and gone to heaven. They were making $75 a show. Yeah. And they thought that was, you know, being wealthy. What year was that? Um, I would say 90, 91. Good money? Good money. And especially since a lot, two of them were in school. Uh Uh-huh. So that was good for them because they couldn't work and do this too. Did they all have cars to get around to all the schools? Uh, no. No, no, no. My, it's hard to my do. Volvo is what they went in. Yeah. We met at my house and then uh, we'd go in my car. I don't. I didn't trust them back then to get there on time, so they had to meet at my house about an hour ahead, and then or I'd pick them up at school. Mm-hmm. So no, I drove. <laughs> <laughs> we were still learning discipline back then. Yeah. Because they were, you know, free spirits. They, yeah. No one had ever told them they had to, you know, be professional. Mm-hmm. That was a new concept, mm-hmm. and it started out a hard lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. But they did, and they did quite well. We did over 110 shows the first year we were with young audiences. Wow. We were, yeah, sometimes we were doing three and four shows a day. Yeah. And that's hard work. All school levels? Mm-hmm. Tell me about the show. Um, we started out doing uh, the history of street dance, and we included a, a piece to uh, music by Antonio Vivaldi to show them that the movement could be done to anything, and that always surprised everyone. And they loved the teachers, especially loved it because we included classical music, and we had to be very careful to keep the music clean because mm-hmm. back then it was all gangster rap and you know a lot of cuss words and mm-hmm. so we had to keep it clean and they were delighted when we'd come out with this violin you know <laughs> <laughs> so it was very popular and then we developed an anatomy show called uh, No Bones About It and then we developed a Black History Month show and a classical fly where we danced to all classical music. And so we had about five shows that we did differently. And then we graduated to Dallas, they mm-hmm. hired us. And then we went to New Orleans and um, New Jersey, they hired us a lot. We cool. used to go, we'd go to APAP, our booking conference in New York, and then we'd go do um, shows in New Jersey, and that would pay for our trip to the booking conference. Okay, and that's the Association of Producers and Presenters? Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. In New York every year, what, January? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Very cool. How long have y'all been doing that? When did you, when did you start? Um, we started about five years, about, I don't know, I can't remember. I didn't long, do while the ago? business. Yeah. Uh, we still go. So, when year. did the company start? 20 years ago? <clears throat> 25? 25. 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And it, um, uh, Mike, my husband, did the business part, and he came up to me one day and said, do you want a nationally known dance company? 
And I said, yes. Was that Christmas morning, <laughs> by any chance? And he said, okay, then let's go for it. And oh, we, wow. Yeah, we started going to national booking conferences. Mm-hmm. And our first break, uh, we went to Texas Commission on the Arts, had a big conference every year. And we went there and performed. And because we were on their touring roster. And we got a standing ovation. And we said, okay. And then the next thing is we went to Western Arts Alliance, which was in Phoenix. And that's a big um, conference for the West Coast. Mm -hmm. And we performed there and we got a standing ovation. Now to get a standing ovation from presenters who are the people that book you into theaters, They've seen everything in the world, right. uh, and to get that kind of recognition from them was phenomenal. And uh, one guy came up and said, I've been coming to this conference for 30 years, and you know how many times I've seen that? And my husband said, no, because we were pretty naive <laughs> about it. He said, never. Yeah. So at that point, I had... I sent the guys out into the lobby to shake hands and meet and greet. And people were running back to our booth Mm -hmm. to book us. Whoa. So we did over 65 concerts that that Mm -hmm. spring. And that's when we really got our start nationally. And it was pretty phenomenal. We were just, you know, shaking our heads saying we didn't realize. (laughs) We didn't realize. But I was gone 25 weeks a year on tour. Wow. I was never home. And when we were home, we had to rehearse because we had to have a season here for the grants that we were getting here. So we had to rehearse to do new material for the concerts that we were going to do in Houston. So it was a lot of hard work. Mm -hmm. Anybody thinks that the money you get off of touring is gratis. I got news for you. It's the hardest work I've ever done. And after five years, I couldn't get out of bed. <clears throat> I had to stop touring. Because mm-hmm. it was, and I was old. I mean, let's face it, I wasn't young enough to tour. <laughs> so it was hard. Yeah. And I was the only one old enough to drive the car, the van. Uh-huh. I didn't realize it until. We started renting vans that only someone 25 years and older could drive the van. And guess what? I was the only one old enough to drive the van. When we went to Europe, <clears throat> I, I kept thinking, yes, they can drive the van. Because in Europe, you don't have to be 25 years. Uh-huh. Well, we got over there, and the only vans that were available were standard shift. Oh no. And none of them could no. drive it. <laughs> kind of because they were under 25 years yes. old. But exactly. <laughs> so I had to drive again. Oh man. <clears throat> yep. It How'd you get to Europe? Plane. I mean, oh, how? how did Mike get you to Europe? <laughs> um, someone, some German came over and booked us for a tour and yeah. Uh, we went to Europe about four or five times. We went to Paris and uh, Estonia. Uh-huh. Now, Estonia was a trip. Um, 
we were the only dance company there. And that was the first concert we ever did. And I didn't realize that I needed to fill the gaps between pieces. I only had four guys. Mm-hmm. So it was a pretty rough concert. And they were very patient. It was a the- theater mm-hmm. festival. And nobody spoke English, but they, they thought we were pretty good. And, but we stayed in this small little town, and um, it was just a real experience because everybody in charge of everything was under 30 years old because they'd thrown out all their older uh, bureaucrats and the, com- the, the country had just broken away from uh, Russia. So it was just uh, like a brand new country. So it was real, you know, eye-opener, <laughs> kind of, ooh. Yeah. But it was fun, a lot of fun, and they treated us well. But I would never do that today, jump into an un- you know, stable country like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And the guys went to uh, Montenegro this last year, and... Uh, several other, you know, countries that don't have all the stability they need. And they went on a long, long tour of Germany. So they're still moving and grooving. Awesome. Yeah. For sure. So Mike's amazing. Yes, he is. How did you meet? Uh, Blind date. Yeah. Yeah, we met, so... I was invited to be a guest of the White Oak High School Band to go to come and teach their twirlers and then go on a trip to Norfolk, Virginia with the band. So while there, someone got me a date with Mike. He was a senior <laughs> at White Oak. And uh, we went to Tyler State Park swimming. And, and anyway, that started the romance and then... Um, about six years later, we got married. Cool. I knew he was the one. I, I was going steady with some guy, and I went, uh, went home and broke up with that guy. Yeah. So I could date Mike. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Match made in heaven. It is. Yeah. 50, 55 years. Mm-hmm. So. When was your daughter Jennifer born? 66, I think, or six, yeah, 65. 65. So... With, tell me about raising her. She's she's a choreographer too. Mm-hmm. So, how I guess how was her childhood like different and the same as yours? And you know how oh, did she it's end different. up? Mm-hmm. Um, she used to go with me all the time to rehearse rehearsal. And when I was doing, uh, I did, I worked with the uh, uh, time twirlers here in Houston, um, Lamar High School band she used to go with me and then I had a group of her age little girls that I used to take to competition and she used to dance a lot and she took dance classes and um, she was in my drill team at Memorial and it was a lot of fun but you know um, we didn't have much money so I, I couldn't pay to have someone come in and babysit with her so I took her with me and she was a sweet kid. She didn't bother me much. You know, she'd sit and play. She used to go with me to um, visit with one of my colleagues. And 
we'd sit and talk for hours, and Jennifer would just sit there and draw and listen to us. And so she grew up pretty much uh, knowing the ropes. Let yeah. Me say that. Yeah. Being exposed to it. And when we built the duplex, um, the place in Montrose that was a studio theater, we sort of uh, launched both our dance companies there. She did uh, pieces for the show, and I did, I was working with hip hop then. But we were both uh, developing our own dance companies at the same time. And it's been kind of fun, but we're alike but separate. She has her own ideas and I have mine and I respect that as an artist. But we call on each other when we need help. Mm -hmm. Like she had a theater, the Barnabelder, and we didn't have rehearsal space, so um, we rehearsed there. And she's called on me to help costume-wise and other things, so, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's fun having a kid that does the same thing you do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a great friendship. Mm -hmm. It is. Yeah. So tell me about how you would describe the style of Fly Dance Company. I think it's theatrical Mm -hmm. hip-hop. The movement part is theirs. And the ideas and the uh, staging and all is mine. And combined, it's a good combination. I don't try to put my movement on them because they look terrible doing it. Mm -hmm. So I decided early on that I wouldn't change them. And a lot of people have really been on me to get them in ballet classes. It would ruin them. I can't get them in ballet class. They'd tear up that teacher inside of five minutes. But the thing is, they have such unique movement. And it's a physical, uh, it has a physical strength that I can't duplicate. And when you come across this kid that's just absolutely fascinating to watch when he dances, why would you do something different? Make him look different. Use that. It's like finding a found object Mm. that in art, when you find a found object that you're fascinated by, you use that in in the design of the painting. That's how I look at my choreography. It's, It's a piece of art with a beginning and an ending and you you know place these found objects yeah, within the design of the piece and I do follow Martha Graham's not Martha Graham Darth Humphrey's uh, checklist um, have a great opening and your ending is 40% I try to remember that what does always. that mean? that the ending is the most powerful part of your dance Mm -hmm. and you better end big Mm -hmm. or clever or Mm -hmm. unique. For instance, uh, we did a piece um, at the Jewish Community Center and I've got one kid that can do phenomenal head spins. 
and I've been wanting to use them, but everybody just, you know, puts them out there and lets them do the head spin. Well, for mm-hmm. our ending, it sort of faded out, the music did. So I put him doing a head spin, and all the rest of the guys were crowded around him, and then they just melded back in the, you know, in the darkness while he continued on in a spotlight. It was it was touching. It was so, you know, I kept saying, I love this. Yeah. I just love this. And it was so strong for the audience, and the audience just went nuts. And it was something better than him just getting out there and doing a head smith. It gave it context in mm-hmm. in the piece. And so you have to look at these little things. I've got kids that can do flips and everything, but, you know, I just don't want them to just go out there and flip across the stage. If they do a flip, it's got to mean something. It's got to be part of the choreography of the design of the piece. So, yeah, it's hard. I enjoy not training them to move. Yeah. Because I taught dance one for 25 years, and I hate dance one. Oh, wow. I do. I hate to teach ballet with a passion. (laughs) It's so boring to me. Hmm. I and I look at that as uh, something I wish I could overcome, but um, it's just it's like uh, basic drawing. You know, I've been there, done that. I don't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to have guys or students who come with a movement vocabulary that I can use and. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's what hip-hop has done for me. It's allowed me to continue to choreograph and not have to do the movement. Because mm-hmm. I can pluck, you know, things out from them to use. How do you do that? What's your creative process with them? Well, <clears throat> I put on some music and watch them dance for a while. And uh, then I, I say, okay, we're going to start and we start. I usually have a beginning and an ending, and I do a skeleton here, move here, move there, and then we start putting in the juicy parts, like the little cherries or chocolate chips or something. But I say, you two, you two, get over there. I want a 32-count duet, and I want you to move from there to there. Mm-hmm. And I want some floor work, but I want you up and doing some weight sharing. Mm-hmm. They'll come back with the most phenomenal thing you've ever seen. And I I could not think of anything better than that. <laughs> you know, and I may say, okay, instead of facing front, I want you to face the diagonal. Mm-hmm. And I may change a little things mm-hmm. like that, but... Basically, they're better choreographers of the movement than anybody I've ever seen. And it's because their thing is doing something new and different. And they use a lot of, you know, um, strong physical stuff that I've never done in my life, much less thought of. (laughs) So, so there's a source. It's like digging in this bag and coming out with this wonderful <laughs> stuff that you just throw in there. Yeah. And so I use it, and I and I don't take credit for 
the choreography by myself, choreographed by Kathy Wood and dancers. Uh huh. I said, they're they're not good at that. Right. Okay. And so I put it into context. But to me, it's like doing found object art. Mm-hmm. So, it makes me think like when you talk about just turning on the music and watching them freestyle, like they're in, they're doing this personal, you know, very spiritual, connected interpretation of the music, expression of mm-hmm. their feelings mm-hmm. and their ideas. That, like you said, you know, their innovations, mm-hmm. and then you come from the outside. You come from the mm-hmm. audience perspective. Mm-hmm. You you know mm-hmm. more like um, yeah. I mean you're you're putting together like a collage, but um, translating like that what's in their heart yeah out to where people can see it and and um, be really engaged and intrigued mm-hmm. by it. A lot of times we have done a piece. And um, there's a little trick or pop in the music, <laughs> and they add it automatically without me, you know, saying a word or anything. They'll, you know, do something, and I, I always add that in because yeah. I want them to feel like it's theirs, you know, too. It's yeah. their piece of choreography, and. It only makes for a better performance from them if they can feel that little thing in the music. And sometimes it's a point, you know, it just adds the comedic, fun characterization that I love. Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Totally. (laughs) Yeah. So it's it's fun Mm -hmm. to, to watch them develop a piece almost you know and I'm the driving force get up let's do this again go for it and everything but I don't look at myself as the person who does all this by herself Mm -hmm. yes it's generally my idea of the piece and yes I'm the driving force behind it but they contribute a lot a whole lot do you always pick the music? Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm and the costumes? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, when I give them choreographic credit all by themselves, they can pick the music. But okay. has, they have to pass it by me. Okay. I don't go for uh, music that's not interesting. Mm-hmm. It has to be interesting. And I'm talking about <clears throat> something that's not just totally repetitious from beginning to end. It's got to have some high, highs and lows. I, I'm very music driven. Uh, it's if I don't <laughs> like the music, it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So. Um, Your dad was a musician. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I played in the band. I played mm-hmm. saxophone in the band. Hey, so cool. I'm. I can read music. I'm uh-huh. sort of a musician. Yeah. But um, yeah, music's well. You know, my maiden name is music. No. Yeah. <laughs> It's spelled M U S I C K. Yeah. Kathy Sue Music. Cool. Yeah. That's a cute name. <laughs> Kathy Sue Music. I know. Kathy Sue. <laughs> Very cool. Mm-hmm. 
Well, I know you were involved with the Houston Dance Coalition Mm -hmm. and Texas Dance Educators Association. Which Mm -hmm. came first for you? Uh, Coalition. Okay. Uh, When did did you start it? Did you join it? No, no. The president um, was Jeff Salzberg. Yes. And heard his he, name, but I... He uh, was uh, head of the Cullen Theater out at U of H, and he left. And, uh, and when he left, the coalition was very, very much in debt. Uh, bills that weren't paid and so forth and so on. So I was the only one left, and so I took over the presidency to get us out of debt. And uh, we did a few fundraisers and got ourselves out of debt. And then um, Nancy, can't remember her name. Hendricks. Hendricks took over. Okay. And I left. Mm-hmm. And she's still running Dance Salad, but that's a separate organization now. Um, right? Yeah, she's mm-hmm. using uh, the coalition's nonprofit. Is she? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, so, oh, I see. So Dance Source started a separate. Organization? No, uh, Nancy and uh, Christina uh-huh. took over the nonprofit. Okay. And then uh, that's because they had two big projects, mm-hmm. and I was not interested in running the coalition. Mm-hmm. So they were Dance Salad, mm-hmm. which was an international dance festival that came and to Houston once a year. Evening of Contemporary Dance at Miller Outdoor Theater, uh-huh. which was. Kind of all of Texas yes. contemporary dance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they, those two, took over, and mm-hmm. then I think Christina dropped out or something. I don't okay. know the history. Oh, okay. So that was yeah. after your mm-hmm. service. Yeah, and mm-hmm. when I was uh, teaching at Friendswood, mm-hmm. uh, I started in '76. Um, we about. Three years later, um, five of us directors decided to start the Texas Dance Educators, and it was Texas Dance Drill Team Directors Association. Okay. (laughs) At first, Uh they changed it to Dance Educators, and we started it because we found out that we didn't have the same budget as athletics, nor the same salary. And we were working twice as hard. So we wanted um, to get a way to get together and compare things, you know, a, a sort of a lobby uh, or a backup group for all these directors. And a lot of them were just young girls that didn't know any better. So, and were timid and had no courage. So we sort of give them, you know, backup saying, uh, well, Dobie High School does this for their director, and Friendswood does this for their director. Mm. So that's how the idea got started. It's grown into something really big. It has. Really big. We started out with 13 people, Uh huh. and it's grown to like 700, 900 people now. Amazing. And uh, they bring about 1,000 or so kids every year. And then we have all these vendors. And mm-hmm. It's a big, big group now. <clears throat> and uh, the five of us are 
founders, and we get honored every year. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of fun. And TDA has been very supportive of Dance Houston. Yeah. Thank you. That's good. Yeah. That's good. It's a wonderful way to connect with teachers. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we have something to share, it's always really well received Mm -hmm. and uh, appreciated. It's awesome. Yeah, and uh, the five of us started uh, advocating dance education for these directors because up until we got involved, it was... uh, an English teacher might be the drill team director yeah, and know nothing about dance or the PE teacher. So we started advocating that, and Joanna Friesan got involved, and she pushed TEA, Texas Educational Association, to institute a dance um, certification. Mm-hmm. And that's how all that in Gladys Keaton up north Um, contributed also but that's how we finally got a dance certification wow pushed through um, the TEA Texas Education (laughs) that was like on your watch yeah wow just assume it was always there yeah you know so when I left Friendswood to go to Memorial to teach I had to get a dance certification (laughs) (laughs) You weren't grandmothered in. <laughs> so I had to go back to school, and yeah. Joanna was my um, teacher at that uh-huh. time, so she helped. Oh, good. Uh, by saying, have you had ballet class before? Yes. Okay, give me credit for ballet one. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, that's the history of that, and it's it's really grown, and... Um, the the educators have become more knowledgeable because of the dance certification and it's an emphasis has been pushed on dance. Now they have dance classes other than drill team. Right. And uh, some of them even have boys classes which Fly Dance Company started that at Lamar High School. Awesome. Um, Sharon Roberts was there and she hired one of my dancers to come and start a hip hop program. Cool. And that spread all over the state. Now, a lot of schools have separate boys hip hop classes. So that got started with fly dance companies. Okay, so what is up with that? What? Like, boys do hip hop and girls do ballet. Well, I just don't think girls are strong enough to do hip-hop. I don't. All the extra body and stuff. Upper body strength. Yeah. Mm, kinesiology. Now, if the girls would take on the popping and locking, I think they'd be great at it. You see it on World of Dance? There's plenty. I don't there's watch plenty. that show. I want to get caught up. It's pretty fun. I when you run like out it. of the end of the internet during this yeah. downtime, maybe you'll get I around just, to it. I don't want. I don't like the fact that they do death-defying tricks just to get attention. Gotcha. It's. Um, I think that should discourage that. Mm. It, that's not dance. There, yeah. There was a guy who like broke his something on this season. <clears throat> well, what gets me is kids see it on. Mm-hmm. TV, and they'll be trying it. 
Right. And I just don't, I don't advocate I that. I want to say he fractured his knee, but I'm not entirely sure. But it, yeah, I, th- I mean, I think from what the video mm-hmm. showed, unless it was like, you know, not the real moment mm-hmm. when it really happened. But I mean, they were like on concrete, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I just, I just think that the, there's a better way to show real dance. I mean, we do some pretty athletic things. Totally. But I usually have a spotter or, you know, you just don't do things like throwing people around, catching, mm. I, I just can't handle it. Because mm. there's, there's enough good dance going on mm-hmm. I don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Let's have an acrobatic competition, if mm-hmm. that's what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. But stick with dance. But I understand they got to sell the show, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not going to watch it. Right. <laughs> so rewind then. Um, okay, so boys do hip hop. Why don't boys do ballet? Well, boys do ballet, but ballet is a feminine form of dance. Always has been. From the very get-go, mm. it's been about dancing on point. Mm-hmm. And the man's a support and bar and, yep. Mm-hmm. And um, I, the things that the men do in um, ballet are very athletic and they're not considered great in, unless they can jump like some of the, you know, men do. But mm-hmm. I just, uh, the line up, get in position here, leap across the floor, run back, get in position here, leap across the floor. Mm-hmm. It's just so boring to me. Yeah. I love to see the athleticness of it, but it could be choreographed better, I think. I don't know. So, yeah, I see guys in hip-hop just really... You know, they're the center of attention, mm-hmm. star of the show, you know, and they're really able to show off like their, uh, the strength they were born with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, we have performed with ballet dancers mm-hmm. at Clear Lake. Cool. They were on, on point. Mm-hmm. And oh, yes. It was a collaboration with Amber Thornton, no? Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. I remember her working with them. Okay, cool. And um, Amber couldn't choreograph the guys. Uh, she didn't know what to do with them. <laughs> so I helped yeah, yeah, do some things like that. But I knew both sides. I could mm-hmm. do both sides. Yeah. But she was only able to do one side. Yeah. And I, I, I felt sorry for her because um, just working with one one uh, medium of dance to me is is limiting yourself. Uh, I've had to study all like jazz, tap, ballet, uh, uh, African hip hop and people say well how do you do this? And I said because I've been exposed so much that Mm -hmm. I can use draw from all even my baton twirling has helped me in dance. 
because you put something in my hand, I know what to do yeah. with it. I can, you know, maneuver it and do stuff with it. And uh, a lot of people just go, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, it's because I have been exposed to so many different things that I can choreograph and it doesn't daunt me. I mean, I, I look at something, for instance, uh, tap dance. I've had maybe six lessons in mm-hmm. tap. Well, when I was teaching in Tyler, um, we went to this tap festival in Dallas. We were invited to it, and we did a jazz piece. And they were so enamored with the kids. They said, we want you back, but can you please tap dance? <laughs> I said, listen, this is a free program. My kids don't have tap shoes. They can't afford them. They said, we'll buy them for you. So they bought us tap shoes. We'll dance for shoes. So here I am. We didn't get the shoes until two weeks before uh-huh. performance. I was wow. teaching tap with no shoes. <laughs> and we did, you know, a great tap dance. It was very beginner because I told them my kids are going to be beginners. But because I have the background I do of never letting something discourage me, mm-hmm. we went on and we did a good tap dance. Now, I did some camouflage where, you know, you do tap, 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 and then to the side mm-hmm. and then the back. And those are basic warm-ups. Well, I had this little girl who was a champion dribbler with balls. So guess what music I used for that? Harlem Globetrotters. Yes. <laughs> Sweet Georgia Brown. And here my kids were doing, you know, warm-ups. Yeah. <laughs> and here this little girl, uh, t- two people threw her two balls, and she's out there in the front. Cute. And nobody noticed the kids weren't doing <laughs> Great tap dancing. That was just one of the pieces. Magical. We had, yeah. We had three pieces. And um, at the end, I taught them a time step, one mm-hmm. time step. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you just you just do things like that. <laughs> was it your one time step? <laughs> That's <laughs> cool. <laughs> one time yeah, step. There you go. <laughs> and shuffle step, shuffle step, shuffle step. You know, and the kids ate it up, but cool. it was just so basic. That so when you say you trained and you, you, I think you said you would, you know, somehow investigated these different styles. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like today, um, you know, people just grow up seeing it. Um, it. It dawned on me the other day, I was looking through our archives, that Dance Houston started before YouTube. And it was like, mm-hmm. you know, no wonder yeah. I thought it was such a huge need to have a festival featuring all different dance styles because there wasn't a place to see them. Mm-hmm. And at that time, in 2003, mm-hmm. you know, and in 2004, I think it came about, mm-hmm. I think YouTube started in 2005. So anyways, um, you know, now people just grow up watching it. Are they, are they all exposed now? Can we expect them to all yeah. kind of know what's, what all these things mm-hmm. are as they grow up? It doesn't matter that all these things are out there. It's whether or not you seek them out and and watch them. I've got kids um, that have never seen um, a full ballet. Right. And, not even the Nutcracker. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. And um, don't know 
a lot of things that because they've never had the opportunity to experience it in real life. Uh, I remember taking fly guys to see Stomp. Mm-hmm. And I told them to dress up. Cool. I said something nice. Yeah. And one of them shows up in a brand new jersey and sweatpants. And I say, that's not what I meant. I want you looking a little bit nicer. And that was the beginning of when we took them to booking conferences that I told them they had to look nice. And no jerseys. Oh, what I was <laughs> no jerseys. Uh, they have no idea of what it takes or what to do unless they physically go through the motion. Watching something, when you say look nice, well, look nice to this kid was a brand new jersey, pants, shoes that weren't dirty, because that is his world. Yeah. And the kids are not learning anything else other than what's in their little tight world. I don't care what they see on TV. Did did you em- emulate somebody on TV when you were growing up? I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't. No. I mean, all we had was I Love Lucy and a couple other things. We only had two TV stations when I was growing up. When I was growing up, the... <clears throat> I mean, the most popular girls were, like, Debbie Gibson, who didn't really dance, but mm-hmm. I, I would sing her songs, and Madonna, and after mm-hmm. Lucky Star, yeah, I wasn't emulating See, I had no she idea did. what that is. Well, Lucky Star was, like, a pop tune from, you know, oh, 1985 okay. or 6. Like, I was 5 or 6 years old. I loved Madonna, and yeah. then it, she went in this direction that was shocking to me and my mm-hmm. family, and it definitely opened mm-hmm. my mind up to issues and mm-hmm. ideas um, and perspectives. But, I mean, I wasn't going to do her dance. That wasn't well, me. I was watching Gene Kelly, uh-huh. Fred Astaire, Sid Charisse, Debbie Reynolds, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Ann Miller, mm-hmm. all those people. Those were the people. I, so my mother uh, sold tickets at the movie theater. Mm-hmm. So every night I had to go to the movie whether I wanted to or oh, not. Oh, really? <laughs> so I saw movies yeah. 10 or 12 times. Right. Wow. <laughs> so I have some movies totally memorized. For sure. And uh, I, I guess that that was a big part of my loving show business. Right. Because I love that performing aspect of it. I think so. And I think, you know, that separation from... The, I mean, that's that silver screen, you know? It's mm-hmm. like you, you're looking at... The, I mean, not separation. Now I'm saying it's like you're seeing it. Yeah. You know, you really got to see it mm-hmm. and spend 12 times seeing mm-hmm. it. So you were able to really appreci- appreciate the perspectives and staging and production value and that mm-hmm. presentation element of yeah. dance. Well, see, we didn't have TV at that time. Yeah. This is before yeah, TV. Yeah, I, <laughs> I I realized that. The, before that happened. TV. Yeah, right. And when we got a TV... It was black and white, uh-huh. and we could only watch two channels, one mm-hmm. really, and it didn't have much on it. But I remember going to that station. We did telethons. Yeah. As a baton twirler. We used to go and twirl. Uh, my junior year, 
one of our members came down with polio and um, she was in an iron lung the rest of her life. And she's a senior in high school getting sick and because her mother didn't have her vaccinated. It was really sad. But we, we went over and told them that story and we were prominent in their production, their promotion. But mm-hmm. uh, we used to do things like that, you know, and that was a big deal to be on TV. Oh, huge, yeah. yeah. So, um, I don't know, all that played a part. Um, mm-hmm. The only performing gigs we ever did were for the band at halftime mm-hmm. in high school. Of course, we had talent shows. <laughs> cool. <laughs> they were pretty bad, <laughs> but we did those. Then college came, and it was different. Mm-hmm. I was introduced to Miss Showbiz, Gus and Elle Davis. She was incredible. Incredible. I still use some of her philosophies today. Can you share one with us? Yeah. Always leave the audience wanting to see more. Good one. Uh, use music that people can sing along to. Fun. Or, you know, identify with or enjoy. Um, always keep your chin up when performing. Cool. She instilled something in those girls that... Uh, I've never seen a woman do before. She made you feel like a real important person and have some pride in what you're doing, no matter how talented you are. She kept saying, if you're not talented this way, you're talented that way. And I never was a very good performer. I wanted to be, but didn't have it. So I made myself useful. You have. By being, I had a great memory when I was younger, and I can remember every dance. I can remember the first dance I ever learned today. Wow. I remember stuff from high school. I remember things that I taught. Not all of them, but some of them. But she made me realize that just because I wasn't a good performer, that I could go on and, and, and be a part of that and be important. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a contributor to dance. Yeah. In your own words, how have you contributed to the field of dance? Well, um, in dance drill team, I think I contributed the idea that you don't have to be a slap your thigh high kicker, that you can actually dance and do some modern and contemporary and um, open the door for new ideas. I think I contributed to the um, uh, hip-hop world in putting them on stage. And that's what I set out to do when I first saw them. All these young men need a place to happen. What year did you do that first, that first festival? I think 91, somewhere around that. It's a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So in 91, I'm trying to think, I mean, we had 
it's hip hop on <coughs> MTV. <clears throat> and that's very much, you know, it's entertainment, mm-hmm. right? And so to put it on stage means something different. Yeah. You know, it's art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're showing hip hop as uh, gang related. <clears throat> something to do with gangs. Okay. And we we battled that when we went into schools because principals thought because they had on hats and baggy pants that they were gang related. And what we were doing is doing <laughs> talking about life skills, you know. And Vivaldi. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the guys um uh, like we had coaches that would approach us when we went young audience shows, come in and say, get that hat on straight. You know, they'd have it a little crooked. Well, they'd make them straighten it up. <laughs> I mean, just ridiculous stuff like that. And yeah. One coach, we were at Texas Commission on the Arts, their uh, big convention. They wanted us to come down and do uh, and talk about dance in schools. Well, the guys got up and taught them how, uh, talked about how they'd been mistreated in school. Uh, George talked about um, how the coach used to run him out of the gym at lunch, and they just wanted a little corner to practice in. And mm-hmm. anyway, talked a lot about you know not having a place to happen in schools. Well, this coach came up to us afterwards. He said, I mean, he was practically in tears. He said, I just didn't realize I've thrown these kids out every day for coming in trying to practice in the gym. Oh, wow. He said, I just didn't realize. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell them they can have this section to practice in. And I just thought to myself, that... <laughs> All by itself, that one guy was worth it, if nothing else. If we changed that one mind to give some other kids a chance. But it's been about building these kids up and teaching them how to get along in life and that they are important, they're not throwaways. And I've fed more kids and picked them up, and some of them have moved in with us. And it's been hard but I mean I believe in them I believe they're extremely talented and I believe that there is a path for them if they want to work hard enough and that's what I tell them good things come through hard work you don't if if we go to a competition and we come in last I just tell them we got to work harder if you win I tell them we got to work harder because that's, you work as hard as you can and winning and losing takes care of itself. But I don't, I don't put myself up against anybody, I just put myself up against me. And if we don't do well, then we gotta work hard. And that's, that's it. Yeah. Hard works. The, the thing. Well, I want to dig into some of these materials that you have brought some from the archives. So yeah. for those of our listeners who would like to join us for this next section, um, please go over to YouTube because we're going to 
hold up um, and show you some of Kathy's memories, memory books. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is from the Virginia Arts Festival. I'm going to show yeah. everybody. And, um, okay. This is uh, something we went through. Um, Alvin Ailey, this is the program. Here's Alvin Ailey, here's Fly Dance Company in the same program. With Ballet Hispanico, yeah. hey. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Another Virginia Arts Festival. This is an article about us. Um, here's the program, we kept a lot on that because we thought it was important. Here's Vail International Dance Festival, the program. It's all ballet, international ballet and fly dance company. As the finale? <laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, just closing night. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Um, that's just, uh, that's, <clears throat> this is Estonia. Oh, wow. We went. This was Paris. Hip hop festival. This all really happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> More hip hop. Um, Clear Lake uh -huh. Contemporary Ballet. There's Fly. Cool. I don't know what this is. Oh, this is a black dance festival in Austin. Mm -hmm. And dance, this is in New York. This is in Reno right here. There we are. Sweet. This is a Dance Now Festival in New York. This mm -hmm. is what they passed out, which I thought was clever, passing out bookmarks uh, yeah. to advertise. This is a program. Great idea. But we danced uh, in Cooper Union Hall, where Abraham Lincoln gave a famous speech in New York. Awesome. Yeah. This is in uh, Mexico, Monterey, Mexico. Wow. Extremadura Festival. Seriously. Extremadura too. And this is at Longwood Gardens in New Jersey. It's uh, home of uh, some famous wealthy guy, but it's just <laughs> fascinating, the cool. whole thing is. Those are just festivals. This is uh, the Q-Sheet that... Uh, the Kennedy Center did for us. Okay. Um, we performed 10 concerts, sold out concerts there. They did this uh, for us. Amazing. Mm -hmm. Did all the writing and everything. The Fly Dance Company. Wow, what year was this? Two thousand four. Awesome. Okay, two thousand five. Um, mm -hmm. This is a half-page article in New York Times. I've got, mm -hmm. got it here somewhere. Um, they uh, here it is. The actual newspaper. Pops and locks set to buy. Yeah. And on this side of the newspaper was Jay-Z. That's, <laughs> that's the most important thing to Good the guys. Good company. But we got four colored photos. You sure did. Amazing. Half page. Yeah. Very cool. I see Javier Garcia. Mm -hmm. 
George. Mm-hmm. Rock Williams. Yeah. George Casco. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, that was pretty. Here's Jay-Z. <laughs> yeah. Cool. I love it. They thought that was more important than them getting. And, um, this is, uh, uh, just a piece of advertisement that we had. Mm-hmm. This is that um, dancing issue uh, at that Christina. Mm-hmm. Christina Gianelli, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Well, a weekend of Texas contemporary dance. Yes, and this is just uh, postcards that we sent out. Mm-hmm. More postcards. And this is um, I don't know what it all is. More kind. This is uh, advertisement stuff that we sent out. Nice. People. Oh, you got them in all in suits. <laughs> yes. Looking um, fly. This is interesting. This is a booking um, calendar, and uh, this has all the booking dates for a year. Okay. So this is from APAP. Yeah. And I see it's Association of Performing Arts Presenters. Mm-hmm. Whoa. If you look on there, you will see how busy we were. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. No you, wonder you couldn't get out of bed. I know. <laughs> Wait, they keep coming. <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. Every year. Mm-hmm. We got 2004, 2005, mm-hmm. 2006, 2003. Oh my goodness. Here's here's the first one, 2000. Yeah. This is oh, the first one. one. Oh, not not is. Okay. This is the last one. Yeah. Yeah. Not is wow. uh, filled up. Yeah. Whew. <laughs> Good work. Yes. <laughs> and um, let's see. Oh, this is Dance Magazine, and this is an article about Fly and Dance Magazine. Cool. That's our national magazine here in mm-hmm. the U.S., yes. Yeah. And it Very was nice. about hip-hop, and we got an, uh... What, what year was that? Um... 2004. 2004. Awesome. This is the Kennedy Center News. Straight out of Houston. Yeah. Cool. This is the Kennedy Center News. And here we are. Nice. This shows... How much money we started with and how much we ended with and wow when I retired all right so if like from nothing to very close to half a million mm-hmm. a year in annual revenue mm-hmm. amazing how is how did Houston support you um, Houston endowment mm-hmm. started out with a $40,000 grant and um, Oh, Arts Alliance contributed, but not as much. They always thought that we uh, 
took their money and spent it out of town, but we had a full season here in Houston. So we tried to convince them that we spent that money on the season in Houston. And I was um, adamant about having a season here in Houston because I didn't want us just to be, you know, a touring company. I wanted I wanted the company to be, to be known in Houston. So um, Houston Endowment helped and then the Arts Alliance. And I think Target gave us a couple of grants, but cool. not a big, uh, with that much money, we should have been declared a major. You know, like um, Yeah, especially in 2005, mm -hmm. right. But they said you had to make money here in Houston. Oh, I see. They changed right. the rules. Yeah, see, that's tr That's tough. I mean, Houston's mm -hmm. a town that's very steeped in tradition. Mm -hmm. And um, they can change the rules. Yeah. Yeah. But we should have been moved up to major. Yeah. And uh, they changed the rule. And mm -hmm. although we were doing a full season, as much as Houston Ballet was doing here in Houston, um, they still didn't declare us mm -hmm. major. So... Mm -hmm. My, our first grant writer, Ernest Lewis, he said, there's just two people, two kinds of people who want to fund you, those who do and those who don't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, this is sort of um, the highlights. Mike did this piece. And, uh, oh, cool. Okay. It talks about 64 concerts, outstanding ovations, 104 outreach programs and workshops, sold out 72 hundred seats for four busting concerts the word way in St. Paul. And this is just in the year two thousand four yeah. to two thousand five, one season. Okay. Jacob's Pillow Inside Out, Colonial Theater in Pittsburgh, Pittsville, Vail International, Lincoln Center, Summer Tours in Germany. And then two thousand four. Wow. Year before. Mm-hmm. 61 concerts, standing ovations, 110 outreach programs, 10 sold-out performances at the Kennedy Center, first Pops concert with a symphony orchestra. Mm -hmm. Awesome! Congratulations. <laughs> it's amazing. And things like this, presenters. I will have to retire from the Arts Committee now since I will never be able to find another program to top fly. <laughs> Just comments. That's so we great. Fly dancers, stay in school, listen to your teachers, work hard, and surround yourself with positive people. So it's George Casco and taking it to the streets. Cool. So tell my, us about George. Um, he's right now taking care of his father, but he's uh, he's been uh, active and resurrecting the company uh, after I retired and moved to Tyler and then we moved back um, and he's basically running the company now um, I'm just doing the fun part choreographing and rehearsing good and for I, you and he and a couple others are working on the booking and the um, mechanics taking care of costumes. I don't do that anymore. I make the costumes, but they take care of them. So I just told them that's I'm not going to do that work anymore. I'm too old. <laughs> hey, 
It's cool. Yeah. They threw you a big birthday party last year. Yeah, that was fun. Wasn't yeah. it fun? It was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love to get all those guys together because they tell so many funny stories. And totally. <laughs> no, I have a lot more I could tell, but I don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Y'all know. Mm-hmm. So how did you meet George? Um, we did a show at um, his school. Springwoods, yeah, and he came up to me and gave me his phone number. Cool. <laughs> and uh, then I did a pilot program at Spring Shadows, and his little brother Danny was in the program. I was teaching hip hop instead of them going to PE class; uh-huh. they could come to hip hop class. And George came over and said, "I've got." three other guys will you work with us and I told him I'd give him 30 minutes twice a week but they gave me any lip or whatever if they were late I wasn't going to work with them you know because I was I was usually pretty tired by the end of the day that I worked at that group so I started working with them and um, I got a grant for Colin Powell's uh, America's Promise and there was a big deal about going to Mars, um, and they were all promoting it. NASA was promoting it big time. So I got this $6,000 grant, but the the dancers had to be 18 and under. Oh. So I couldn't use Fly Dance Company, so I, got, I recruited George and his crew. Cool. So all summer long, we did this piece. <laughs> called the Mar the Journey to Mars and um I bought them sandwiches and I paid them four hundred dollars. I thought they'd died and gone to heaven when uh I bought costumes and everything and um the day I told them I could only pay them four hundred George thought it was 400 for all five of them, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was 400 apiece. And he said, I remember taking that check home and giving it to my mother, and she accused me of stealing it. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, man. Because he had never made that much money in well, his he, life. he was not even 18. No, he was young. Yeah. So then we performed at the Children's Museum for the mayor and... yeah. A bunch of people, and it was pretty incredible. They, I had Mars costumes. I had wow. these big black robes, and uh, they had stretch hats with pipe cleaners going out with ping pong balls on the end uh-huh. of it, and then a a, a see through mask. And uh, they changed into Martians, you cool. know. But after they landed on the planet, I had orange fabric going so that yeah. look like and they had chairs off to one side of the stage and then when they when it started we oh by the way we did it uh music from the planets the and we used Mars uh, for the music. So it was classical music. But they did a great job and everybody was stunned because it was these high school kids doing this production so it was kind of fun but that's how I got involved with George show us your last items here oh 
This is Inside Arts. Mm -hmm. uh, Mike wanted me to show you the, Oh, that's beautiful. Our ad. Mm -hmm. So we weren't playing around. No. <laughs> this is just the Kennedy set. This is a picture of the guys. Oh, awesome. Looking good. That's mm -hmm. George. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Cool. So publicity shots. Cute. More of the the cue sheet. And this is the playbill for the Kennedy Center. Oh, I don't even want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mike's pass. Guest artist pass, Mike mm -hmm. Wood. Yeah. Very cool. And 2004, amazing. Y'all did it. We did. Mm-hmm. We sure did. And now that they're doing uh, symphonies, like we did the symphony, uh, Cincinnati Symphony, which is a major, major symphony. And we did a con five concerts with them last year. And it's big money awesome. to perform with them. It's great you can support the dancers. Mm -hmm. Good job. Who's this lovely lady? <laughs> That's me as a Dallas Texan. Cool. What's a Dallas Texan? Dallas Texan was a professional drill team, twirling drill team for the Dallas Texans, who uh, became the Kansas City Chiefs when they lost a coin flip with the Cowboys. There were two professional teams in Dallas and they decided they didn't have enough market for both teams so they flipped a coin and the Texans had to leave and they became the Kansas City Chiefs. But for three years I was in this group and we performed in Polo Grounds in New York. Um, we went to the Cotton Bowl um, like every other Saturday, Sunday um, in the fall and performed there. So that was my uniform and how I looked. And I was a sophomore, junior, senior. No, junior, senior, first year in college. And this is my Rangerette picture. Um, I was uh, a Kilgore Rangerette for one year. I was in the band at Kilgore for one year and a Rangerette for one. But I learned more from this lady, Gessen L. Davis, being in the Rangerettes than I've learned from anybody. She was a phenomenal woman. Really uh, professional and always uh, had good things to say about girls. I really respected her for that. Because at that time in the 60s, uh, we weren't too strong, you know, but she was very strong. <clears throat> I feel like I'm losing my voice. I haven't talked this much in a yeah. long time. <laughs> well, speaking so. of, um, we can wrap up soon, but how are you handling things since the pandemic came uh, Pretty to good. I, I thought I had it. Mm -hmm. uh, I went and got tested, but... It's negative. Um, I came down with um, a little fever and a cough, and I was scared, but 
I've gotten over it. I think it was just allergies. And uh, I'm trying to stay in. I'm sewing a lot. I've sewed up almost everything I've got at the house. And I've made 12 jackets, I think, and a bunch of uh, jewelry cases. And so I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm, I've got a piece I want to choreograph. Uh, about the the pandemic, but yeah, you want to tell us a little bit about your vision? Well, I I want them all in white, and I want to use Barbara Streisand's uh, Imagine, and it goes into Louis Armstrong's What a Wonderful World, and when it, I want to do uh, ghost-like um, cannons for the first part, and then when it goes into a wonderful world, I want to change colors on their costume. And I've figured that out um, where they change as they dance. Uh, I did a piece with drill teams, uh, Magician's Magic Scarves with the Change Colors. It's the same premise of changing their shirt color. And I want to do that because he talks about in the piece the wonderful colors and blue of the sky. And, and so mm. I've been wanting to do that, and it's it's really um, stepping out for hip hop to do something like that because it's a slow piece. But I've been wanting to do it. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Well, you might get to. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Later on, but I can't. I still choreograph in my sleep a lot and I imagine stuff and I've got it all ready to go I just need dancers so after that after this we get back to rehearsal maybe I'll get to do it mm -hmm. so. well you've already given us so much <laughs> and I know you're a very generous person so I just mm -hmm. have to ask would you mm -hmm. like to give us like one more words of wisdom keep working as hard as you can that's the only way to achieve and keep looking forward and be positive. My guest today is Kathy Wood. Kathy Wood is the artistic director and founder of Fly Dance Company. Kathy, thank you for being a part of Dance Talks. You're welcome. And I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and share our podcast and reach out to us on social media if you'd like to talk. To support Dance Talks, donate to Dance Houston. Talk to you on Monday.